Welcome to the Movement Church Podcast. Our vision is to be a movement of people finding their way back to God. For more information about Movement Church, including attending a worship experience, getting connected, or to give online, please visit movementcolumbus.com. Sorry, hold on a second. I'm uh, tweeting something here. Guys, there's some really good stuff happening right now. Man, why was everyone taking selfies on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook? I mean, it's great. Hmm. Obama's uh, just tweeted that he's getting some coffee. Man, this is great. Hey, you guys want to take a selfie? Yeah. All right. I've got my selfie stick here in my back pocket. <clears throat> guys, this you know, this is just normal. This stuff happens all the time, so. How long should I go? Should I go pretty high? Man. Wait, hold on a sec. I've never used one of these things. Did you guys know that when I typed selfie in my notes, um, it didn't know what selfie was on Microsoft Word, so I had to add it to the dictionary? So that's the world we live in. Come on, this isn't working. You hear that song? It's Movement Kids. Well, this isn't working, so this is why selfie sticks should never be made, because they just complicate our lives. Hey, does someone have a long arm? Yeah. Don, you want to come up here? Yeah, sure. When in doubt of a selfie stick, use Don. Selfie, selfie Don. Here we go. All right, I want everyone in the background to be really excited. All right, here we go. I wish I had a beard like you, Don. Everyone, everyone smile, all right? You smiling? All right, kid. All right. I look like a mid... Uh, oh, man, okay. Here we go. Okay. Thanks, Don. Let's give Don a round of applause. If you don't mind, I'm just going to post it real quick. Hold on a sec. Um, just want to... I mean, don't mind me. I don't want to be rude. I mean, I know I'm supposed to be teaching right now, but this is just, uh, oh man. I should take pictures with Don more often. Okay, you're going to, if you guys find this picture on social media, it looks like I'm a turtle, like coming out of a shell right now. (laughs) Oh man. Okay, so let's see here. What am I supposed to hashtag? Sunday selfie and movement church. Guys, I'm sorry. Hold on a sec. I just don't want to be rude, but I just this is really important. I'm going to get a lot of likes on this. Um, send me a selfie from the stage at Move Columbus. Oh man, here we go. Uh, I'll I'll tag all you guys later. All you guys later. It'll be great. 
Wait, hold on a second. My my uh, mom just messaged me on Facebook. I'm just going to check that out for a second. Hold on a sec. She's asking me what I'm doing for lunch. Um, wait a minute. I just got another update from ESPN about the game. You guys watched the Buckeye game yesterday? That was just really cool. Buckeyes won. Braxton, or JT Barrett really knocked it out of the park. Okay, good. It's posted. You guys can go look. It's on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the social media networks out there. And uh, if you guys aren't following me, um, you can go to follow me on Josh Howard Music. You can just stop listening to what I'm doing right now, and you can pull out your phones. And No, I'm serious. Don't do that. No, seriously, Mike, you can look. Okay, thanks. Good. All right. Um, I just wanted to do something to just kind of welcome you guys this morning. My name is Josh, and I just wanted to do something completely over the top. You know, I'm a really bad actor, and there's a reason why like, I've never been in a play or anything right now. I was looking at my wife. She's like shaking her head, thinking like, what did Josh just do right now? Her hands are sweaty. All right. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, I just wanted to do something ridiculous because um, we're uh, talking about social media today. We're finishing up the blacklist. And um, yeah, I just want to do something just to point out just kind of reality that we live in sometimes when we use social media, when we use our phone. My phone is going to be blowing up the whole time I'm up here. Um, but this isn't necessarily a topic that the church is afraid to talk about. We've been talking about, you know, we, the blacklist, you know, adding things to this list of things that the church is afraid to talk about. And I don't think social media is afraid, or the church is afraid to talk about social media as much as we just don't talk about it. I don't talk about it enough. In the blink of, a, blink of an eye to so many people and, is in, and in this world, like in the last five to ten years, technology has just exploded. And... Um, and social media has just become the basis of like communication, of, of relationships, self-worth, identity, and your voice. And I mean, just the platform that we have with social media, just to state your opinion, to fight for something, to share life with, um, to connect with others and friends that you haven't seen or talked to in years, or to elevate your, your strengths, to show all the good things about you, but to hide all the bad things and your weaknesses, um, to live in a reality that's not real. Um, and to see what everyone else is doing right now, like, like in, at, in an instant. And uh, I think it's just really creepy sometimes. You're like, oh, this person, he's, he's speaking from stage right now. And you just know. Uh, a couple weeks ago, me and Ashley went to the uh, Buckeye game. And it was just a beautiful day. And it was just a fun time. So we took a picture of ourselves. And I posted it to Instagram. But I had forgot that I had done that. And then later that day, my friend texted me. He was like, hey, how's the game going? Or how was the game? And I was like, wait a minute. I never talked to you about the game. Like, how do you know that? And it's like, well, I saw you post a picture on Instagram. I'm just like, I completely forgot about it. But it's just crazy how social media communicates so many, like, real-time things and how we use it in that way. Um, and we can just communicate to people um, in such a way that just with, without even talking to people directly and just with little effort. Um, but what are we truly communicating on social media? What do we use it for? Are we using it too much? Um, and ironically enough, as I started my week this week, um, I was sick. You know, Mondays are my day off, and I was sick. Um, coming back from Haiti, and my immune system was down. I just wasn't feeling well, so I just took Monday to, just to rest. And I found myself going through this cycle of laying on the couch, you know, watching Netflix or whatever, and then looking through Facebook, looking through Instagram, watching, you know, funny people fall on YouTube, you know, just crazy stuff like that. And then putting the phone down and then five minutes later, oh, something, someone must have posted something new on Facebook. Let me look at that again. And then going back to Instagram or just whatever, you know, 
And I just, I, I, I was in a rut. And then, like, I just felt numb to everything that I was looking at. And just, this is weird. And then, ironically enough, I, I come to this, or it wasn't so ironic, but I come to this, um, this video on Facebook. And it was, it was as if God was trying to communicate something to me because I was using social media so much and I was just completely, like, um, just overtaken by social media in that moment. And this video is really rocking my world in this moment. And, and it was like God was trying to communicate, like, get off the phone. And I'm going to show this video to you, but it was just as clear a day as that God used social media to communicate to me in that moment that, like, hey, you're, using actually, you're actually using social media a little bit too much. And, and all I'm going to say about this video is that this video I'm going to show you um, kind of picks a, paints a picture of the reality that social media can bring um, today. If we, if we let it um, kind of consume our lives. So let's watch this video real quick. Did you know the average person spends four years of his life looking down at his cell phone? Kind of ironic, ain't it? How these touch screens can make us lose touch. But it's no wonder in a world filled with iMacs, iPads, and iPhones, so many eyes, so many selfies, not enough us's and we's, see? Technology has made us more selfish and separate than ever Cause while it claims to connect us Connection has gotten no better And let me express first Mr. Zuckerberg Not to be rude but You should reclassify Facebook to what it is An anti-social network Cause while we may have big friend lists So many of us are friendless all alone Cause friendships are more broken than the screens on our very phones We sit at home on our computers Measuring self-worth by numbers of followers and likes Ignoring those who actually love us It seems we'd rather write an angry post And talk to someone who might actually hug us Am I bugging? You tell me cause I asked a friend the other day Let's meet up face to face they said, all right, what time you want to Skype? I responded with OMG, SRS, and then a bunch of SMHs and realized, what about me? Do I not have the patience to have conversation without abbreviation? This is the generation of media overstimulation. Chats have been reduced to snaps. The news is 140 characters. Videos are six seconds at high speed. And you wonder why ADD is on the rise faster than 4G LTE. But... Get a load of this Studies show the attention span of the average adult today Is one second lower Than that of a goldfish So if you're one of the few people or aquatic animals That have yet to click off or close this video Congratulations Let me finish by saying you do have a choice Yes But this one my friends we cannot autocorrect We must do it ourselves. Take control or be controlled Make a decision Me? No longer do I want to spoil a precious moment by recording it with a phone I'm just gonna keep them I don't want to take a picture of all my meals anymore I'm just gonna eat them I don't want the new app, the new software, or the new update And if I want to post an old photo Who says I have to wait until Thursday? I'm so tired of performing in the pageantry of vanity And conforming to this accepted form of digital insanity Call me crazy, but... I imagine a world where we smile when we have low batteries Cause that'll mean we'll be one bar closer To humanity 
So you can probably imagine, you know, if you're sitting on the couch all day looking at social media and you find that video, you're like, oh, snap. Maybe I should uh, put my phone down for a little bit. But that video gets down to the point, doesn't it? Um, and my goal this morning isn't to vilify social media or technology because it's around us and it's, it's a part of the world. So that's not my goal this morning. Um, and I just took a selfie on my phone and it's up here and it's going crazy right now. But, um, man, I'm getting so many likes. But anyway, um, but this, but this, what this video talks about is that Social media, even though it can be used as a good thing, it's also a way that can hurt us. There also provides ways that it can hurt us. And, you know, like he was saying, social media claims to connect us, but oftentimes it actually separates us. I mean, how many times have you been in a room where you're going out to dinner and you look around and everyone's just down, looking down on their phones? Or you're hanging out with a friend and, and you realize that the last five minutes that you were with that friend, you don't even know what just happened because you're on your phone or for some shape or reason or whatever. And a lot of us, we love the approval of people, so when we post something and a lot of people like it, you know that you're getting the attention that you think you deserve or you think that it's real and you feel affirmed because you, don't, you might not get it in real life, so why not go create something that people like and like to experience and see? And I love the phrase that he uses in the video, that social media provides a pageantry of vanity. You know, social media has provided the business and platform to show ourselves off. We have control of what people see and what people don't see, and we love that. We love that. But we often don't realize that at times social media has control of us. And we might not want to admit it because there's a lot of ways that we can justify it. I mean, this is more than just a phone. It's, a, it's my camera. It's my, my calendar. It's, you know, it's, it's a lot of different things. It's got my emails. Of course, you know, people text me or, you know, like, there's a lot of reasons why we justify to have our phones out when in reality we like the comfort it brings us. We've gotten so used to it. But maybe we, we're just addicted and we don't want to admit it. Maybe we feel trapped. And I kind of want to share some, I want to share some stats about social media. And again, I'm, my goal is not to vilify it, but just to bring you up to speed with the reality of what, so, how much social media, um, it just is a part of our lives. Twelve new active social media users are added every second. That's about a million new social media accounts every single day. And of that million, every single day, half of those million are Facebook accounts. So six new profile accounts every second. It's an ever-expanding market. And I want to show you this, this pie chart. Hopefully we have it. So this was in 2013. Um, this chart shows, it's kind of small um, to read, but I'll, I'm going to point out a few of them. But in 60 seconds, these are things that happen on the internet. For instance, on YouTube, there's 72 hours of content that are uploaded every, sec- every minute. Um, on Facebook, there's 41,000 posts every second. Um, 1.8 million likes in a minute. Um, let's see here. Let's go around. Um, Twitter, 278,000 tweets in a minute. Um, and 11,000 new, 11, new users on Pinterest every minute. 3,600 uh, pictures on Instagram every second. You know, 204 million emails every minute. Um, it's just crazy. Like, and that was in 2013, so that's two years ago, so obviously it's probably growing. 
There's just an endless supply of content that we can look at, and it's ever-growing. In fact, Facebook actually, if you don't refresh your feed fast enough, it'll do it for you because there's just so much content coming through, the, through your uh, news feed. And here's a survey. There was a survey a, a couple years ago as well that, where people went to colleges and, and asked college students in America, would you rather give up your car or give up your internet connection for a year? So what would you do? Would you rather give up your car or give up your internet? You know, you know, you could go one or the other, but two out of three college students said they wanted to give up their car so they could have internet. They'd rather have internet than have a car. Um, and here's a statistic that I don't really like, but it's reality. One out of five affairs come because of Facebook. One out of five affairs come out of Facebook. You know, people have the opportunity to look up old flings or old relationships or find new ones without really even putting any, any effort, and people, you know, you don't really, you know, people won't know, because, you know, it's your own personal world. And do you know that there's an actual problem with people, and an actual fear of people not having their phone? It's actually called nomophobia. It's a, it's a legitimate thing that's happened over the past couple of years, where people are legitimately struggling, like they, they get to a place, and they realize that they don't have their phone, and they freak out. You know, like, you're at, you're at a um, you're at a restaurant and you're by yourself and you're waiting for your food and you, and you just pull out your phone because it's what you do. It brings you comfort. You don't have to worry about talking to anybody or meeting somebody new. And, and many of us do this because we like the sense of security and safety that it brings us. And just like any addiction, do you know that people get dopamines released into their system just by pulling out their phone? It's a crazy thing because it's the comfort that it brings. You know, it's just like a cigarette. You know, you constantly, you know, people smoke cigarettes because they just like the feeling that it brings, but then all of a sudden, you know, it's like the same thing. I don't know why I pulled my phone out, but I'm just so used to moving my thumbs around and looking at things. You know, there's a lot of dark things in, that social media can do to, to grab us, to control us through addictions, through broken, meaningless relationships, and personal agendas. And I don't mean to be so down this morning, but this is a reality. But it's also something that people are going to continue to use, and it's going to be a part of the world that we live in moving forward. And I don't want us to be a church that looks down on social media in this way or ignores it or thinks that it's bad or something that we just pretend doesn't exist. Because if people use it, we need to know how to use it and we need to know how to navigate it through this world that we live in. And if this is where the world that we live in as a church and as Christians, we need to know how to, to, how to view this world, how to live in this world, how to, how to represent Christ in this world through social media. And, this, and these are questions and things that we think about, and they get harder and harder to face each day as technology grows, as social media expands, and, and things become more accessible. But I want us to look at Scripture today together as our foundation and as our truth, um, because I know we all have all these opinions about how we should view social media, how we should use it, and all these things, and I'm not here to make you feel guilty, but just to make you think. And maybe God, even though he doesn't talk specifically about social media, maybe God has an answer in the Bible about how we should live in a world with social media. So if you guys could turn to your Bibles, um, Romans 12, 1 and 2. If you don't have a Bible, there's one underneath your seat somewhere in your row. Um, Romans 12, 1 and 2, it's on page 866. Um, and if you don't have a Bible, the one underneath your seat is yours. We want you to have a Bible. Take it. It's the NLT version is what we teach out of. Um, and by the way, I love NLT. I used to do NIV and ESV growing up, and, and those um, translations are awesome. But the NLT for me, 
um, has been like reading the Bible new for the first time. I just love the, the language that's used in it. But anyway, um, in this passage, Romans 12, 1 and 2, you'll probably, as you see it, you, you might be familiar with it. But there are two major things that we'll be able to learn as we read through this passage in light of our big idea. And our big idea this morning is this. We need to leverage our name to bring him fame. We need to leverage our name to bring him fame. And so, like I said, this passage is going to show us two ways that we can leverage our name in order to bring Christ fame. So let me pray, and then we'll dive right into this passage. God, thank you so much for being here this morning. God, thank you that we can have fun and take selfies and drink coffee and just be in a community of people that are finding our way back to you, God. And I just pray that you would speak through me this morning, Lord, and I just pray that you would be able to um, use your truth, God, as a mirror in our lives, God, that you would use your truth to just teach us and to shape us, God, and to be a church that's bold for our faith, God, but also aware of the world around us, God, and not be afraid of facing it, Lord. So speak through me this morning, and I just pray that everyone in this room, God, would be open to this topic and be open to some of the realities that we don't want to face or don't want to admit, Lord, and that we would just be teachable this morning, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So join me in uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2. I'm going to read this for us. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. So Paul, who's the writer of, of uh, Romans, starts off with and so. And if you're reading in another translation, it probably says therefore. So I was always taught, when you see the word therefore, what is therefore there for? And we can see that Paul, in light of the first 11 chapters, um, is trying to tell us something. He's pleading something um, in light of the first 11 chapters. And he isn't just telling us something, but he's like, it's like a plea. It's an urge. There's an urgency there. There's, he wants us to do something. Because in the prior 11 chapters, we see that Paul has just explained the reality of what it means to live in a new law, live in um, a relationship with Christ. And he uses that conclusion of what it means to live in Christ as the basis and reason for his plead. A plead to do what? A plead to give our bodies to God. Not just because he is God, but because what he says in verse 1, because what God has done for us through his son dying on the cross for our sins. So right away we begin to feel the weight of, of what Paul is pleading, of what Paul is asking. Because that is a big ask. You, you want me to give myself to God? I mean, I thought, that's what, I thought that's what Christ did so that we could have salvation. I thought, you know, why do I need to sacrifice myself? But this ask is different. It's a living one. And the benefits of and the results of this ask is an eternal, um, there's an eternal significance to that. So the big idea this morning, we need to leverage our name to bring him fame. And in this passage, and in order to leverage our name in the right way, we're going to look at this passage and we're going to see two points um, that are going to help us leverage our name. The first one is give yourself to God. Um, we see in, in verse 1, um, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. Let them be, which is your life, let them, your life, be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. So Paul's asking, because of what God has done to take everything about you, your reputation, 
you know, whether, you know, and, and then your reputation on social media is, is really important because, you know, that's how people view you and you want everyone to view the good things about you. And maybe the reputation that you've built at work or the reputation that you've built because of how hard you've worked at something or whatever it is, is something that you really care about. And I don't want to give up that. But, you know, Paul is saying that we need to do this. And this is crucial. This is our crucial first step in order to be able to leverage our name so that we can bring Christ's fame. And here's another interesting thing about your name. Your name, when you are a Christian, your name equals um, with the Lord. Your name is tied to Christ when you're a believer. And because of that, um, giving up your name allows to leverage his name because you're actually allowing God to work through you. And believe it or not, this form of giving up God's name is our truest way we can worship God. Because we're giving up everything that we have, and we're giving our name to, and we're giving our name to God, we're, we're able to acknowledge him for who he is and be able to praise him. And as a result, that gains personal wisdom. We get to gain personal wisdom. We get to gain and understand God's will for our lives. Because the more that we surrender, the more we begin to understand who God is and, that is, and what his will is for our lives. The second point is this. Be transformed and not conformed. You know, I looked up the, the two dictionary definitions of conform and transform, and it's pretty clear what the difference is and why Paul talks about it. You know, conformity is this. Um, conformity is the act of matching attitudes, beliefs, and behaviors to group norms. The act of matching attitudes, beliefs, and behaviors to group norms. So while transform means to make a thorough or dramatic change in the form, appearance, and character of. So obviously there's a difference. You know, if we're looking at this through the lens of social media, if you're conforming in social media, you're just, you know, blending in. You know, you're, it's just, you're going with the flow and what the rules that they've set, you know, with social media. With transform, it might mean that you look completely different. Um, and there is a dramatic change in the form and the appearance of. And as a Christian, I love this, and as a Christian, your name is bound to Jesus. As a Christian, your name is bound to Jesus' name. And if our name is bound to Jesus' name, in order to bring him fame, we need to be transformed. We need to be set apart. We need our character, our appearance, and our language to be different. And we're going to stand out. We need to learn how to live in a world but not, not be like it. And this happens when we give ourselves to God, when we surrender our names, our statuses, and our reputation. God then begins to transform us. When we give ourselves to God, it's saying, hey God, my name is really your name because of what you've done in my life. So God, make me something different. Make me a new creation. Change the way that I think. Allow um, Christ to be shown through me. Because God then transforms us and he changes the way that we think. We begin to think more like him. And we begin, like I said, we begin to understand his character and understand his will more clearly. And, and, here's, where we, and here's the reason why we don't like that. It's because we, we will look different. It's a lot easier to conform than to transform. And that's why he said we need to give ourselves to God first because that's the only true way that we're going to be able to do that. And this is all bar, a part of the sanctification process that happens as we give up our name. And sanctification is just a fancy way of saying that um, through the Holy Spirit that God gives us in our lives when we accept Christ, he's going to work daily in setting us apart and making us righteous before God. 
And this is the way of a Christian. This isn't a way of a mature Christian. This doesn't just happen because, you know, eventually one day down the road when you get all your ducks in a row and you understand this much of the Bible, this is when this happens. No, this happens immediately when you ask God in your life. Because his name is tied to yours. And when that happens, he sends the Holy Spirit to transform you and to guide you. And it says in, it says in 2 Corinthians 5.20, So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. So our name is bound to Jesus' name. Because God wants to plead through us. God wants to use us. He wants to use our name, who, which is tied to Jesus' name, to bring him fame. So Paul's calling for all Christians, not just the mature ones, not the ones who know more about theology in this area, or not the ones who sin less over here. We're all on the equal playing field here. He calls for all Christians in this passage to give ourselves to God, to allow God to transform us, to make us different. And to share the gospel as Christ's ambassadors, to make him famous, to make his name famous, to make his name known amongst us. Because, and this, and what I love about 2 Corinthians 5.20 is it's basically saying God has given us a voice. Just because we're surrendering, our, surrendering ourselves to God does not mean that we're, we're not going to have a voice in a certain way and God's not going to use us and we're not just going to be robots. God's going to use us and God's going to use our gifts. God's going to use our personalities and the way that we view different things to be able to make his name famous. Because what you say really does matter. And this process of leveraging your name is actually worship. It's the truest way of acknowledging God. And we have a unique opportunity in this day and age to leverage our name so that we can bring Jesus' fame in a great way through social media. And so... Um, just, to, uh, just to talk about that for a second, I'm going to invite my friend Justin Howe up to the stage. Because he has a story um, about coming to movement. The reason why he came to movement is actually through social media. Um, so he's going to come up and share that. So if we could give Justin a round of applause. He's actually, um, he's actually our sound guy. So um, he's uh, leaving the soundboard. So hopefully doesn't, nothing blows up. And ladies, he's single. I approve. Um, so come over here. I, I had to say that, you know. I can't bring you up here and not, you know, be excited about your future. <laughs> you want to take a selfie? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, um, so Justin, tell us about yourself. You know, who are you? My name's Justin. Um, I'm from about an hour east of here. I lived in Columbus for about a year and a half. Um, I grew up in church um, from pretty much when I was a baby. Um, I was super involved at my hometown church. I, I taking my photo. <laughs> See, social media, it's everywhere. Um, yeah, I was super involved in my old church. Um, I was at the church at least three or four times a week. Um, I did sound starting from when I was 13 years old. Um, I did a lot of tech stuff. I was in a lot of leadership roles. Um, yeah, I was that guy that was there if it was open. Um, it was exhausting, but it was great. Um, I, I, I couldn't sit in a pew like Mark has identified. I cannot sit down at church. Um, so, yeah. Awesome. So how did you hear about movement? Um, you know, we're talking about social media and whatnot. How did you hear about it? Long story short is when I was at school at OU, I, um, I had my own startup. 
Um, and so I was really into the startup company scene. And through that, I started following this local startup here in Columbus after I moved up here called Point. Um, and through that, I started following its founder, Madison McHale, who's now Madison Bush. Um, and one Sunday morning during one of those crazy snowstorms last winter, I was laying in bed and checking my Twitter feed. Um, and Madison was doing her live tweeting at church. Um, and I probably very creepily favorited a whole bunch of them in a row. Um, <laughs> And later that day, I get a message or a tweet from Madison, and it just said, let's be friends. And I'm like, okay, I have no idea who you are, but sure, why not? Um, and then through that, she sent me a, I was like, I responded, and she responded, come to movement. And um, I found out I had some other friends that go here, um, so I came the following Sunday. Um, and then, yeah, that's how I ended up coming. So, like... What was it about it that like made you want to come? Um, I, I had been looking for a church. Like I said, I've lived up here for a year and a half. I've gone to churches, like churches that have over a thousand people, and it just I just felt like I got lost in the shuffle. Um, I, since I was so involved at my old church, I knew I had to go to a church where I could get involved quickly. Um, and when I came here, I was I felt really welcomed. Um, I mean, I still remember. Like, it was yesterday, coming through the door for the first time. I was late, like one of the people usually are. Um, but I, I just felt like I had a connection pretty quickly, and I got plugged in pretty quickly. That's awesome. And so how have you grown and gotten involved since being um, at Movement? Well, I've been helping or at least shadowing sound since week three um, because I met up with Mark, and Mark connected me with you, Josh. Um, um, and then I've been doing sound. I joined a group. I helped set up. That's awesome. So, so social media was like the catalyst or what brought you, like if it wasn't for that in that moment, you wouldn't have known about it? I mean, I would have had no, I, I live downtown, so I would have had no idea this church out here is out here. Um, so if it wasn't for live tweeting at church, I would have had no idea that this place existed. Um, Shameless plug. And I mean, if even beyond that, even if Madison had never reached out to me, I would have probably never even came up or I would just still be liking that's that's good. All right, so can we give uh, Justin a round of applause? It's awesome. Again, he is single, single. So there's two things I wanted to point out with with Justin's story is that for one, um, uh, Madison, who used her her tw- Twitter to uh, um, live tweet, not only was just tweeting about movement, but actually reached out to people who. Um, might have favorited or, or retweeted or whatnot, and actually re- reached out and gave them a warm welcome. Hey, why don't you come? You know, if you're liking this, you might not be at church or something. Why don't you come? I'll meet you. Let's be friends. And brought someone like Justin to movement. And that's just awesome. And that just brings us to the point of me closing uh, and just reminding ourselves um, that, like, even though there's bad things with social media, there's also really good things. We need to leverage our name to bring him fame. And, and I want to close this morning by just asking you a few questions to help just process where you are right now. I always like to say that we use, this, we use our Bible and each other as mirrors in our life to see, like, are we really truly living the way God wants us to by what the text says and what truths are in their text? And so I just want you to be real with yourself as we talk through some of these questions and, be, and, and just, like, where am I on these things? Kind of like a, you know, personal social media litmus test type thing. I don't know. Um, but as a Christian, we are called to be ambassadors. We are called to leverage our name so that Christ can get all of the fame. I've said that a million times this morning. And um, 
So are you leveraging your name in the right way? In order to bring Christ's fame, are you leveraging your name in the right way? What is preventing yourself from giving yourself to God? What is preventing you from giving yourself to God? Is it the fact that you like to be in control? Is it because uh, there might be a fear of just being truly committed to something or someone? Or maybe your, your ability to trust has been shot or been hurt. Um, another question. Are you allowing yourself to conform to the world or are you allowing God to transform you into a new person? Because it's one thing to ask God into your heart, but it's another thing to allow God to move in your heart and to make you a new person and to daily um, uh, give yourself to God because it's not just, it's not just a one-time commitment. It's a daily thing. You know, our vision statement is to be a movement of people finding their way back to God. I don't care if you've been here three years or three days or three minutes or three hours or whatever. We're all um, finding our way back to God. We never get to a point where we arrive. So are you daily giving yourself up to God? Or are you just allowing yourself to be like the world, look like the world, and not representing Christ in a way that brings him fame? Another question why do you have social media? How do you use it? Is it something that is consuming your life? And if it is, is it something that you've ever tried to live without? Or maybe you have social media, but there's no way of telling that you're a Christian based on the things that you post, based on the things that you say. And we all struggle with these things with identity and, and whatnot and trying to find an identity maybe on social media, but um, do they know who has you? Um, so, you know, we, like I said, we struggle with these things, so I want to leave you with two challenges this morning. You might, you might be in one, you might be in both. Um, some of you might not have social media, and that's okay. Uh, but just, just uh, um, ask yourself these questions, um, and, then, and then here's a way that you can... Um, maybe work through those. The first one is put your phone down and look up. Um, I know sometimes we can become addicted to things, and I think a lot of times we don't like to admit that we are addicted to our phones. But put your phone down and look up. Set boundaries and know that you can live without it. If there is a problem, I challenge you to fast from social media for a week. Um, you know, so last Monday, um, when I was, Ashley came home and I was talking to, um, her about my experience in finding this video, I, uh, I look up, you know, I I show it to her and she gets all fired up like, man, that's, that's so true. Like, these are all, all, like, all, you know, she just gets fired up and she's like, you know what we should do? We should fast from our phones this whole week. You need to practice what you preach. I'm like, okay, marriage. Um, so... (laughs) Uh, so we do that, you know, and so we fa- we've been fasting this whole week from social media, and this is actually the first time that I um, posted something. But we realized how hard it was, and we were catching ourselves, pulling out our phones, looking at Facebook, or, and then like immediately putting it away. I've actually lost because I pulled it up, and she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm on social media right now. And she's like, you owe me an ice cream. Um, so it, it's really hard, and, and so... If, there's, if this is a problem, I challenge you to fast from it from a week. And if you're like, man, I don't know if I can do that, um, maybe <laughs> that's pretty much proof that maybe you are using it too much. And like I said, I'm not trying to villainize, so, uh, uh, you know, make social media look bad because it's great and we can use it for the kingdom, but maybe it's something we need to just pull away for a little bit so that we can kind of realign our hearts and our minds and set healthy boundaries as we move forward. Secondly and lastly, I encourage you guys all to use your platform effectively. 
Do people know that Christ is your Savior based on the things that you post and the way that you interact on, on social media? Because what you do and what you say on social media is a representation of, of your name. And if Christ is bound to your name, then you're also representing him. So how are you going to allow people to show the transformation in your life um, through social media? And I'm not suggesting that you need to go post a verse every hour or, or uh, post a Hillsong song or Sandy Patty song. I don't know if anyone knows Sandy Patty, but... Uh, you know what I mean? Like the overly, like the Passion of the Christ videos or whatever, like... I'm not saying we need to be like, you know, a cheesy, like, you know, you know, you need to love Jesus because he loves you too, you know, like that stuff, you know, but like, what has God done in your life? You know, what, how is God changing you? What have you experienced lately? Maybe it's just messaging a friend and asking them, you know, how you can pray for them and letting them know that you are a prayer warrior or letting them know that you love Jesus and you want them to love Jesus too. We need to leverage our name so that we can bring Jesus fame. And social media is an amazing way that we can do that. So let's be aware of it. Let's be aware of how we use our phones and how we use social media. And also be aware of how we can build relationships that are presently around us physically and not always be on our phone. You know what I mean? It's just just funny, you know, at times when we're like, oh man, did you see what this, look at this picture. And he's like, oh man, I already saw that because I'm, you know, he's looking down at the picture too. You know, like, look up sometimes too. All right? Let's be bold with our faith and let's leverage our name so that we can bring him fame. Let me pray. God, thank you so much for how you love us, God, and how you bring truth to us, God, and how even though this verse doesn't talk about social media, God, it it guides our lives and how we should um, live for you, God, no matter um, what context in life of life we live in or, or what we experience, God. You want to know us. You want to love us, God. Um, You want to lead us. And because of what you've done on the cross, God, you ask us to surrender our lives to you daily so that you can work in us. You can set us apart. You can make um, your name famous through us, God, as ambassadors for you, Lord. So I just pray that we would walk out of here, God, just motivated to use this platform for you, God. That we would be motivated to work on relationships around us without having to use our phones. And that we wouldn't be afraid to put our phones down. Or, um, and that we would just, um, just not let it control us, Lord. And we just thank you for this community of God to just talk about hard things. And to be real with each other, God. And to be mirrors for each other. So God, we love you and we thank you, God. And I just pray that as we respond in singing, Lord, that um, you would continue to just work in our hearts. And that the truth of the words that we sing together would just be a continuation of worship, a continuation of God. What do you need me to do? And that we would walk out of here, God, more transformed, more um, molded, more um, just shaped into who you want us to be, Lord. As your church, 